They actually seem to believe that we don't know what they're doing and what their game plan is, but we do. And we're pissed because it's been our work, it's been our treasure, our blood that's done everything positive America has ever done. It's been its citizens. It hasn't been a bunch of elitist thugs who are parasites on the very system they seek to destroy. They call us deplorables, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, even as they allow deadly drugs and countless numbers of people wanting to destroy us across our borders, even as they push vaccines that kill our children and imprison real American patriots and commit treason many times over. While we Americans are unlike any people tyrants have faced before, we know our rights, we demand our freedom and liberty, and we demand the servants of the people learn their place. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 211. It's Monday. Happy Monday. I hope that your weekend was, was good and uh, you're looking forward to the holidays. Uh, I haven't got my Christmas, Christmas tree up yet, but uh, maybe you do. A lot of people put it up even before Thanksgiving these days, it seems. seems like the holidays are getting uh, closer and closer very quickly. Sooner every year goes by faster. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. I have Dr. Lee Merritt today. I hope uh, 9.15-ish, right around there. But first, I'm going to go through some stories with you. And uh, we're going to take a look here at President Trump uh, still on, you know, answering a lot of questions about uh, his potential running mate. And the latest name that comes up is actually um, a primary opponent from 2016, which would be ben, Dr. Ben Carson. So Dr. Ben Carson, I'm sure you're all very familiar with, brilliant, brilliant man, uh, very well-spoken, has a lot of uh, good ideas. Uh, but I wonder what your thought of the pick is. Mine is that on the positive side, he would bring perhaps some balance and he would um, he would really be the bulwark or the shore of the, I guess, to try to get some of the more of the rhinos to flip because he's a very intelligent person and he can talk to the, the group of Republicans that maybe are still in the traditional camp as it were and and don't believe the don't believe what we say as far as the um the party not having our best interest at heart although that seems to be getting to be a smaller number um the disadvantages of course you know we could look for somebody that's also a firebrand like a matt matt gates or um marjorie taylor green somebody like that that has the same drive to bring america back and uh to do so fearlessly and i don't know that dr carson has that maybe he does um but um he doesn't make as much noise as a lot of people do and sometimes you got to say not only no but hell no so that's my opinion on it i'm wondering what your thoughts are you can always email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com or just comment on the video that'd be great all right, let's see what we got here. Chinese fleet target ships of U.S. ally vessel rammed. So this is a, a, another attack on the Philippines, basically. So Chinese Coast Guard targeted Philippines ves Philippine vessels with water cannon blasts Sunday and rammed one of them, causing damage and endangered the Filipino crew members uh, off a disputed shoal in the South China Sea. Just a day after similar hostilities at another contested shoal, Philippine officials said. So 
the you know the, the weakness of America is showing through the fact that we have bumbling, stumbling um, Tito Joe Biden in the White House is is emboldening our enemies, and as you can see, China is um, China's not going to back down. China has been looking forward to this day for a long, long time, and um, my, my personal feeling is that they will act before the uh, before the election, before Trump can sit in the White House. Could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong because it will just escalate. But um, here we have again, like I said, another example of hostility from Chinese, from the Chinese. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs ran away from me on the border when I asked a question. So this is Jeff Rainforth, the Rainforth Report, and he's down at the border. And when you watch all this, these folks coming in, um, I'll show that in, I believe, another, another uh, video here. Uh, let's go down to this here. This is uh, Governor. I'm going to fast forward. Hey, Governor. Governor Hobbs. Jeff Rainforth. I've been filming here, camped out here for seven weeks. Probably 200,000 across so far here. Why are you just coming here now? They hit her. <laughs> Arizona man, she's not that important. <laughs> well, she's also Hilarious. a tyrant that actually didn't win her election. She's in a helicopter. Okay, so here we are. Yeah, so Katie Hobbs, as with all the other Democrats and her buddy Joe Biden, don't really care. So this is this occurred about 10 hours after Katie was actually at the border. And I want to show you, I think it's the first video here. So look at all these folks. Now they're not, look at that. I mean, you can't see a woman among them. They're all men, and, and and that should Governor, scare the hell out of everybody, because these are not families. These are not families looking looking for a better life. These are these are men who do not believe in America. Several of which I'm sure are in this group even are here to do are here for nefarious reasons, whether it's organized or it's just criminal activity. Quarter mile from here. You know, so the left, the, the old, um, these are just families that are coming here to, to better their situation in life. And we got to take on everybody because we're America. And, you know, that's all bull. I mean, we have, we have great opportunities. Yeah, you're welcome to come, but come here legally and respect our laws. And if the first thing you do is break our laws uh, coming across the border, then you have no right to be here whatsoever. And I sure hope that Trump is is meaning what he says when he says we're going to have the greatest deportation effort ever because uh, this is uh, as a matter of fact this is treason this is this is a destruction of our of our country and as the democrats and the globalists are working together to destroy our country uh, this is just one of the transparent 
means to an end. And we all know that the, the left is fascist. Uh, they are at the point, and they always have been at this point, I guess, but where the where the, uh, the means justify the end, right? So they basically they can do whatever the hell they want so that they destroy the country, and we're just supposed to sit down and shut up. And if you don't sit down and shut up, well, then you know what happens. We've been watching that, whether it's the J6ers or Trump himself. So... So Biden slips a real reason why he's seeking re-election during visit at Swanky Donor's house. So what did he say? Well, he said, well, I'm not sure I'd be running if Trump was out. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is that a coherent moment there? It could be. But uh, basically, he somehow thinks that he actually is a person that has enough... Um, Enough of a following, enough charisma, enough intelligence. Uh, we all know, Joe, that you lost the first time, and you lost big. You did not get 12 million more votes than Barack Obama. Anybody who thinks that that's even a possibility with you and your little circles of 12 people at your so-called campaign events, uh, there's no way in hell that you won this last election, and there's no way in hell that you would win any future election. Uh, we we see exactly exactly what uh, Joe is, and uh, he's delusional. I thought it was interesting, though. He really seems to believe that that's the case. All right, Israel, as you know, is not over the the um, the conflict there. They have yeah basically a, a weak ceasefire agreement, and there's a lot of going back and forth. So Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has issued a stern warning to Hamas terrorists saying, uh, it, it's over. As far as the battle goes, it's over, and you're better off surrendering. And um, he made those comments Sunday to the Times of Israel. The remarks came uh, as a shocking leaked video began making the rounds on social media on Saturday. The video in question purports to show Hamas operatives all in their underwear grouped together in a war-torn street in, northern, in the northern uh, Gaza Strip. In the video, one of the Hamas members slowly separates from the group, holding up a rifle and what appears to be a handgun or some smaller weapon, uh, in places both in front of the Israeli Defense Forces members. You can watch the clip for yourself below. Well, I will show just a brief bit of it. <laughs> That's about as enough as you, about as much as you need to hear of that, I'm sure. But if you're not watching, if you are and listening to this podcast, it shows I don't know, probably uh, 30 men in their underwear surrendering. And um, I don't know, that could be just a, um, a bit of propaganda from the Israeli side, um, just letting everybody know that they basically kicked Hamas's butt. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Hopefully that uh, that uh, doesn't start back up again. But I don't I don't put any uh, trust in that. I think that it will. Obviously, they're always going to come back. And my personal opinion is that they have to be dealt with with finality and uh, swift justice. Um, this one I threw in here because I really am interested in this subject. I had way way back when one of my first 30 episodes probably I was uh, talking to. A survivor a near-death uh, experience she she shared with us was incredible 
And uh, I'm interested in Dr. Raymond Moody's work, and there's more and more data coming out that supports that there is an afterlife. So this is an article, um, expert on near-death experiences says they're faith-building evidence of God. These are testimonials. So this article is on the Western Journal. If you want to take a look at it, I can, uh, I'll add it to the, uh, the description of the show description after I'm done here. But, um, so those are the stories for today. It's another week. It's another week of insanity. It's another week of, uh, being bombarded with, with all these different things. And, uh, hopefully, you know, we, hopefully we get it together and this election that's coming up at the end of the year goes our way and we save our country. Otherwise, I think it's all over, folks. But, um, all right, I will be right back, and uh, hopefully Dr. Merritt will be with us at that time. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I um, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I had spent a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was the fact that daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our, our minds and our, just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And, um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. All right, we are back with Dr. Lee Merritt. I am going to change the video uh, here. I got myself on the same screen here with you a couple times. But uh, how are you today? Good, thanks. I hope I'm not it is awesome. I had it at 9.15, and I just saw you. Text. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yep, I just wanted to make sure that um, that you had it, had it and everything was set. But, um, you know, I really appreciate your time. And, and you know, you... Um, 
you're a well-loved individual because you had the courage to stand up and you've been doing that for a long time but um it looks as if there's going to be another another wave as bill gates you know, basically bragged about right saying that there's going to be a second pandemic and it's going to be worse and everything else so i want to pick your brain a little bit about that but um before that uh themedicalrebel.com you also have drleemerit.com and folks that's two r's and two t's don't know how to spell that that's why but, i use uh, the medicalrebel.com because nobody can spell it it's the same site <laughs> <laughs> it's the same site yeah yeah but it's it's an awesome site you have a lot of great information there and you uh, you show you show where you know you've had other interviews and where you actually host the shows and stuff so it's people see different sides of what you're doing and it's a good site so folks if you haven't been there go there there's also a lot of helpful um health related tips and things you can do to improve your health overall so um so doctor the most recent headlines have talked about this pneumonia like virus right that's in china and um seems seems to me that most of the time when it's brought up it's brought up that it's affecting children more than adults uh what's your thought on that what's what you think going on what do you think is going on there behind the scenes well first of all Let's keep in mind that the word virus in Latin means poison. It does not mean a little germ that comes out of my mouth, goes to you and makes you sick. That's a great anti-human agenda. It just hasn't been proven no matter how many times they tell you it's crazy to think that and it's too complicated. It's just the fact that it has not been proven. Um, what would make children sick and not adults? You know, they change the story when things when the when their lives start breaking down. It's just like anybody else. If you're telling the truth, you don't have to remember from story to story what's going on. But, you know, the, the same arguments they use for why people, the old people get sick with the flu, apply to pretty much everything. M older people have worse immune systems. They don't get out in the sunlight as much. You know, it's the classic nursing home scenario. They don't mm -hmm. get outside. They don't get the infrared that helps us get rid of toxins. They eat terrible diets often. And, and so they should be the first to go down in any real infectious disease that's sweeping the, the area. Right. I can't right. think of a disease that shouldn't take down old people first. So the first question we have to ask ourselves is why children? And I can only come up with really two things. There might be more out there. And if somebody can come up and tell me, let me know. Come on my podcast on Monday nights. Tell me what I'm where I'm wrong here. The one is that children got different vials of vaccine. So what we're experiencing, regardless of the propaganda, is a collapse of the vaccinated immune system. And they're coming down with toxic side effects, and they're calling it infectious disease to make us not look in the right direction, to lie about what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, the British showed this a long time ago. Their, their immunity is degrading kind of predictably. The older you are, the quicker this happens. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen to everybody because, as we know, the other confusing factor is they put different things in different batches. So some people don't right. get sick at all, and some people die right away, and there's a lot of people in the middle. So we have to realize that this has been made to be confusing, but the children should go down first. And here's the deal. I think their vaccines, I know their vaccines, they were given a smaller dose, so they put them in separate vials. Now, one of the diseases they're saying they have is mycoplasma. And we know from, I know from following the bioweapons community for 30 years, mycoplasma is a bioweapon. It was not apparently a naturally occurring disease. I can't completely prove that, but I can follow the trail 
from China to Hong Kong to us getting this guy out of Hong Kong to taking him to his first job. We, we repeat, we, we help a guy escape communist China in the old days. And guess what? His first job is at Fort Detrick, our bioweapons lab. Okay, that tells <laughs> yeah. you who we got. And, yeah, exactly. And what did he do? He made mycoplasma fermentans. So it's the, I think that's the name of it, fermentans. Yeah, but it's a very deadly form of mycoplasma. And then after that, his next job was at the National Institute, uh, um, the the uh, pathology, not uh, I'm blanking on the name, the the pathology institute in Washington D.C. I trained there. I can't believe I can't remember it. <laughs> Six weeks uh, forgotten. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you're they, not you're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah. So it, they so they basically created mycoplasma. And one of the things that he was working on, and his colleagues, I suppose, and he published this. There's a patent on this. Is making it into a crystalline form. And mm -hmm. so, number one, we know he did that. We know a crystalline form could be put in vaccines. We also know the government admits that mycoplasma is a is a frequent contaminant of vaccines. When you look at the various contaminants, that's one that pops up on the top of the list. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of vote with that. Now, the second point is what else happened in covid that could be related to this? Oh, they shut us all down, put us in our homes. And then in the middle of the night, they built 5G towers by schools. So yeah, we, right. we know that 5G damages your immune system. Anybody that wants to deny that, you can try all you want to. Just go look at the basic science literature. There are review articles about this. It damages your immune system in multiple ways. They show that mice in a 5G environment lose 50% of their immune cells within five days. Now, it, you know, I don't know if how long it takes before it doesn't come back. In that case, the, the, after the study, they brought them out of the 5g it came back but the point is there's another thing that children do that we don't we don't spend our time in schools right so That's i right. can't tell you for sure what's going on but number one i'm, I'm going to tell you it's not a virus number two whenever you know the first thing you see with electromagnetic radiation sickness is a non-productive cough it irritates your lungs not too long ago we had um i had about 10 people call me and say um you know i think i got covid and i said no, you don't have COVID. What's going on? And, you know, these are basically unvaccinated people. And they'd say, well, I just got this dry hacking cough for a couple of days. And now I'm starting to get like a fever. I just don't feel good. It turned out after about the fourth or fifth call, I just happened to see this little news blip that we had just had a sun ejection fraction hit the earth. It turns out that when you step into an ionized field and when the sun does something like that, it ionizes our ionosphere, our atmosphere. And people start getting sick. This explains the pandemics of influenza prior to the laying down of telegram lines in 1850. Tell, we didn't used to have a yearly flu season. It would happen every 10 to 30 years. But it's completely periodic. It, it's, it lines up completely with sunspot cycles. You ionize the atmosphere, people get sick. So the cough that they're having in China goes along with electromagnetic disease. Just saying. So it could be That's, a combination yeah. thereof. That's extremely interesting. I was just watching a documentary that talked about, you know, if you get outside and you don't wear shoes and you're barefoot and you ground yourself to yes. the earth, you actually become healthier because it it balances your body, which I never heard that before. Well, it would, we are electromagnetic would, beings and we make energy in the body exactly the same way that Grand Coulee Dam makes electricity. In the Grand Coulee Dam scenario, you got water that's high on one side and low on the other. There's a gradient. It falls over a waterfall. That water, then with the pressure of the fall, it turns a little turbine connected to an electrical generator that goes to produce energy. In our bodies, 
we have the same thing, only we call them uh, mitochondria, and, and it's a little protein complex within the mitochondria. It literally has little submicroscopic turbines, or microscopic turbines, I guess. Uh, and um, they they are, but they're not powered by water. They're powered by electrical charges, hydrogen ions with an electrical charge. So a positive charge, hydrogen ion, they're high on one side of the mitochondria, these little um, organelles in your cells. Every cell has millions of these things that produce your power. They, they have a high charge on one side of the membrane. They'll have a low charge on the other side. And they come across that gradient. And as they come down, they literally fall into these little uh, turbines in the lipid membrane that turn around and produce ultimately <laughs> ATP, which is the energy of the body. And that's really important because without energy, you can't do anything. In fact, what the big thing is without energy, you can't get rid of toxins. So this is you get sick because you have low energy and you cannot get rid of toxins because you have to have that energy to literally keep your batteries charged to get rid of the toxins, the poisons in your system. That's how it works. So when we get that's sick, just think toxicity. Yeah, that's fascinating. So on, on the political side of all this, I mean, what my question is, uh, is that. Are they going to try to repeat and do exactly what they did before, or is it going to actually be a worse response this time? I mean, they basically weaponized the emergency, uh, the emergency uh, orders that they gave, right? Right. They, they they abused their powers without question during the the pandemic, the first pandemic, and yeah, um, I mean, the we, whole thing's uh, geared to one outcome. They want to depopulate us, and they can do it a couple mm -hmm. ways. The, the, the injections were very effective because we're seeing a 3% increase in infant mortality. That's just one statistic. But, you know, and I got that from Jim Thorpe. He's, he's got a book, new book coming out. He's OBGYN. They follow this stuff very clearly, you know, and he's got all the data. But, but essentially, um, you know, if, if, you, if I decrease, as they've been doing for years with it, flu and flu vaccinations, if I kill off old people, in the nursing homes, does it really matter to our demographics? Not too much, okay? Because they're not having children of their own. But if you start right. killing off infants, that's a huge issue for our demographics. So that's one of the points that they, they've done that and they're sterilizing. These, these injections are clearly sterilizing. Again, don't listen to me. Listen to people like Dr. Christiane Northrup and Dr. James Thorpe and these people that are OBGYN all their life and they're seeing it. They're watching this happen in real time. It's like a slow motion train wreck. So I think the end point that they're trying to get to, and then once you know, as, as, as David Icke always says, once you know the end, then you can watch the path. Then you understand the path they're taking. The end is depopulation and 15-minute cities. They want to round us up. People, right. people that yeah. live in the, like I do, in rural America who think you're safe okay. and it's just going to take down the cities. No, no, they want you in those cities. So-called smart cities. But, yes. So, and that was, that's what the fire was all about in Maui and that was done purposely and that's what they're going to experiment their first well, smart city right yeah and you know interestingly so i'm a laser operator i actually owned oh, yeah. yeah i own a, about a big laser to take out tattoos and mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you maui was a 1064 laser hit you know i heard that i saw that happening i heard these people debating about it's a microwave why would things melt and it's not hot enough if it if it's hot enough to melt a car why didn't it melt a tricycle next door and i said it's not about heat it's not about power it's about resonant frequency and so a 1064 laser will hit metal but it won't hurt your skin so it hit the 
cars. It would not hit a tricycle, and it doesn't take out blue and red very well. Notice the blue blue roofs and the blue uh, umbrellas that were sitting and a couple red roofs. They didn't get hit very much because it doesn't hit that frequency. Again, it's resonant frequencies, and that's the important point here. We're being told about viruses when we're really in a frequency war. That's what's going on. They're going to they're gonna depopulate us with if people keep running to the guns, you know, in, in a war, who's the first pe- people to, who are the first people to die? People that are uninformed, people that don't have situational right. awareness. That's right. That's right. You know, and there's so many things. I mean, in in just that couple minutes, I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about. I did I did have a guest that talked about this the Chinese satellites that just happened to go after yeah. or over directly over the flashpoints there in Maui uh, when they happened, right? So. There's there's evidence that what you're saying is absolutely true, and you listed off some doctors' names. They're highly qualified. You're highly qualified, and we have America's doctors, and they're highly qualified. Yet the American people just don't want to come to the realization that what we're talking about is true. Whether it's talking about depopulation, whether it's talking and whether you know, I did a documentary called Breaking the Oath, and that specific documentary talks about protocols, the COVID protocols that were used to kill people. Yeah. And specifically the the use of rem, remdesivir and getting people on a ventilator and then just basically drugging them so that they eventually die off, right? The so-called end of life care that <laughs> that wasn't needed, that they could have avoided. And um, yeah. you know, I, even if you go and you directly say, "Well, tell me then, if it wasn't done on purpose, then why weren't these simple, simple medications that we've known about for years allowed to be used? Where's the right to choose? Right? Where is the, where is the uh, right to try and and uh, the informed consent? All that was scrapped. And um, I'm going to tell you, just, it isn't. It it didn't start in a short period of time. It started, it started decades and decades ago. And I'm shocked at the stuff I've been unearthing about how they brought this off. You know, and once I know what the game plan is now, I'm looking at how they pulled this off about the viral scam to make us afraid. You know, you've seen the Truman Show. I I have a talk now called Mm -hmm. Modern Medicine. Welcome to the Truman Show. Well, the Truman Show, how did he? they keep him on the island? You know, Truman's, Truman, number one, it's not a blue. By the way, that's not a metaphor. I think the Truman Show is a blueprint for today. Truman was born into a false reality. And the right. reason he didn't pick, on it, pick up on it for 30 years is that the false reality was internally consistent. It all made sense. When you put the pieces together, they all seemed to fit together. It just was false. You know, people sitting outside the island could see it was false, but he couldn't see it from within. Now, that's our problem in science today. People think that one of the this is why in answer to your question, I think the reason that people can't wrap their head around this is they've they've come to the conclusion that governments lie to them. They've come to the conclusion that the people we think are good are often not good and vice versa. But the problem is they have a hard time believing, as did I, that you could have falsehood in science because aren't there checks and balances? Aren't there all these PhD students? How could you bribe all these guys? Aren't there all this stuff going on? Well, it Mm -hmm. turns out they've been very, very clever in putting this information together, just like in the Truman Show, they wrote a script. So, for example, the idea of viruses is a super anti-human agenda. How did it come about? So I started researching it, and I discovered it goes back to 1930 with a guy named John Enders. And John Enders, if you really look at him, 
I mean, in short, he published one paper that is a crap paper that should never have been. Uh, it would not. It, a, a high school biology student should be able to read this paper and l say, no, that didn't prove the existence of a virus. Are you kidding me? But this but within a year, he got a Nobel Prize for this paper. Now, that doesn't happen. Okay, it takes decades usually to get a Nobel Prize for work because it wasn't recognized at the time. But within a year, this guy gets a Nobel Prize. Now, who is John Ender? Well, that's the interesting point. When you start looking at who he is, I think he's one of these synthetic made people, like the mafia would call a made man. He's not what he appears to be. He, There's a lot of that. Yes. Now, my father had three doctorate degrees, including in biochemistry. I mean, he was a doctor, a dentist, and a PhD in biochemistry. And when he... When he got his, when he did all that, he worked himself through college working on a, on a road crew. I mean, he worked, it was the, it's the Horatio Alger story, but not John Enders. He, he inherited $19 million from his dad. He went to Yale and he was a member of the Scroll and Key Society now, or the Key uh, Scroll Society. Mm -hmm. Now, see, most people have never heard of that one. They, they push the one, they, just like they do with anybody else, like Klaus Schwab, they push somebody forward as the front man that you're paying attention to because they're just right, so colorful. Right. So they pushed the, the 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 Skull and Bones Society forward. So you're paying attention to that. You're not looking at the other two secret societies, which are much bigger. I'm not, but they're more elite. There were only 15 a year of the Scroll and Key Society, but but he was one of them. And then he goes off. Here's where it starts getting interesting. They claim, and this is in his no. This is the Nobel Organization's biography of him. Now, I make if I inter interviewed you, I might make a mistake in your biography because I'm just a little person, you know, in a podcast, right? But the Nobel Peace Prize Committee should probably get this right, and I suspect they do generally. <laughs> but they claim that he went off to the war of 1918, left Yale for a year, and went off to fly with the Air Force with the rank of ensign. What? Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, people. Uh, anybody <laughs> veterans out there, the Air Force does not have ensigns. I was an ensign once, and we are only in the Navy. <laughs> you know? But according to Barack Obama, the Navy does, the, or the military does have corpsmen. Yeah, I was going to say, the corpsmen. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, so, these, so, again, it's people that have no understanding of what's going on, and they clearly didn't get this from John Ender. Ender so, where did this come from? Second point is, he claims he went to Harvard in 1930. And got a PhD in immunology and bacteriology. And I saw that and I said, wait a minute, because it's funny. One of the things you, you notice when you're reading these papers, you can't figure out what his PhD is in. It's not obvious. Wikipedia doesn't even mention it. They say he's the father of modern vaccines. Interesting, huh? But they, but they yeah. don't tell you what. His, so I had to look up what his PhD was in. And it was immunology and bacteriology. But I can remember being in medical school in the 70s and saying, Wait a minute. Uh, you know, I thought immunology was a new specialty back then. And it was. I went to the Harvard um, data and they said immunology was first allowed to grant a Ph.D. in 1974. Now, we're talking wow. 1930. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, it, mm -hmm. it, it's like he had a background script written after the fact or maybe at the time. But I think after the fact, somebody put this together. Now, here's the deal. After if you look at his research, it's it's it's. Uh, specious at best. Basically, it equates a virus with some with cell death. Okay, I killed. Mm -hmm. I put in some toxic slurry into this monkey brain. I made him paralyzed. Oops, got to be poliomyelitis. I injected this toxic slurry into cells. Cells died. Oh, got to be a virus. That's the level of this paper. But it. But nevertheless, that is what entire 
the history of modern virology is based on, and you can't get at the data. Here's the other thing that's happening. If we want evidence-based medicine, evidence-based science, then you have to open up the evidence to people. I cannot read his original paper. I only know it because he gave this lecture about it at the Nobel Peace Prize. They had, they had to let us see that. But his original paper and the papers that were from the 1920s and 30s to back this stuff up, you can't get it because they're behind an institutional paywall. They hide. The, it's not just that they hide the data from the COVID shot by the FDA. They're hiding data about basic science in the world. We're living in a false reality. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd just like to step in and say I was just looking up on my phone, if you saw me looking away there, um, looking up the name of Werner von Braun, right? So he's yeah. he's the Nazi scientist who was the rocket yeah. the rocket man. And so this is something that, you know, for the viewers, I mean, the United States is, I mean, why would they take uh, all these Nazi scientists, forgive everything that they did, and bring them over here and, you know, advance our technology? So, I mean, the answer is, uh, well, they didn't care what they did. They just cared about getting the technology and getting the getting yes. the scientists here to use to use it. So, I mean, that's this is all nothing new in America. I mean, they when you talk about drugs like LSD, for example, I mean, usually the drugs, including fentanyl, I mean, they're always created by our government, right? Or by by um, well, LSD, in the case of LSD, it was created to try to create a super soldier. They they experimented with it on. Uh, folks in the military and didn't tell them what they're what they're really doing and what the what the effects were. So my point is that yeah. the government has been a nefarious actor for a long time. But you had said, well, you know, that can I think what you were meaning was the knowledge of that. People have that knowledge. They understand that. But it makes them complacent. It makes them say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And they just go about their lives and they're focused on themselves in their own little bubble. Well, yeah. yeah, but I also think they just don't believe that it could be such a, like I, when I when I first got into this a few years ago, when COVID first started, I knew about the bioweapons community. I knew how to look at resources. I knew from the moment this started, not the moment, but but within a month of like, but by January 15th, I was pretty convinced this was a bioweapon. OK, and, but, and I and by putting this out on some emails, a joint email that had was going, we had a kind of a worldwide joint email with a bunch of doctors and scientists and people. And when I started saying that, I got a private email from one of the people on that saying I would back off on that, which that made me absolutely not back <laughs> off, you know. But the point is, is that I had a really when, when I first heard Thomas Cowan and Andy Kaufman, you know, doctors who have studied this stuff a lot longer for other reasons before COVID, I think they got into this and they looked at the real nature of disease and they're talking about how there are no viruses. And people have a hard time believing that because they can't wrap their head around the fact that that could be such a monstrous lie that, that we could have believed it for so long. But I'm going to tell you, you know, if you read, if you go on to the the history channels, like the Tartaria channels, there's a lot of big lies out there. But you just don't you can kind of wrap your head around some of it, but it's hard to do with science because you just don't think even if you got evil people in science, you know that we know they brought the Germans over, for example. The, and, and we and we know kind of why. Um, but it, it just doesn't resonate that they could actually lie about the actual physical reality that we live in but they can't. Mm -hmm. They really can. They can make convincing arguments that sound really sciencey, but they're not right. And we have accepted assumptions and and taken them as fact. We have to stop doing that. I don't I don't when somebody tells me anything now, unless I can verify 
you know, that it, it actually was proven somehow. I just don't take things at face value anymore. Now, the problem we get into is I can verify this, this biology stuff. I have a better background to understand that and make sense of it. Um, particle physics, there's a different story. I mean, I have a hard time believing some of the stuff that's out there that they've been telling us about physics, too. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the side that Einstein wasn't right, but I can't I don't have the understanding. I don't have the background to look at that. And I think most people don't have the background to really look stuff at the like biology and, and they and see them. Kind of yeah, they see themselves getting sick and they say, if there are no viruses, how can we get sick? Well, you see, before the viral paradigm, we knew how we got sick. Keep in mind, viruses have only been a problem that we've really been talking about in the last decades. In my textbook of medicine, I have four generations of doctor books in my house. In, I thought, how far do I have to go back? I started researching the transmission of disease. How far do I have to go back to find out that they weren't talking about viruses? And it turned out only my own textbooks from the 1970s. In the 1970s, wow. when they talked about transmission of disease, they weren't talking about viruses. They were talking about parasites. And I'm telling you, that's where the money is. Parasites, not viruses. It's parasites, toxins, and electromagnetism. Those are the three things that are making us sick. And once we get over this whole other thing, you can make yourself not worry about this. I, I, you know, I'm not fearless, but I got to tell you, honestly, when I heard another disease came out over in China, I just kind of went, meh. Who cares? It's just another lie, you know, because yeah. I know I know I've got solutions for it. And that's the point yeah, from a health standpoint. Yes. But from a tyrannical right. globalist <laughs> standpoint, it's scary as hell. It is. No, that part us. I don't have. I mean, I think that the first solution there is just total noncompliance. Again, right. if you laugh at these people and you just don't do anything they say, don't wear a mask, don't get, uh, for the love of God, please do not get an injection. You know, I, I love my neighbors, and I live in a great community, but I talk to them all the time about this stuff, and yet I had somebody go out and get a shingle shot. I said, I don't even buy toothpaste from these people. Please don't, don't, don't let them inject you with anything, because they're putting poisons in all of these things. Don't inject your children. Don't let your grandchildren get injected. That's number one. But number two is don't wear a mask. And don't listen to them about health advice. They've been wrong my entire medical career as I look back on it. And I and I was trained at, at the University of Rochester, a very fine medical school. And it was at the, that time I trained, they still were telling the truth. But now it's been co-opted by this whole viral vaccine thing. And mm -hmm. they don't tell you the truth. And it's one thing to be wrong about something. But this is this is blatant lying. Here's a, here's a, a simple example of what they've done. So I'm an ortho, I was, I'm retired now, but I was an orthopedic spinal surgeon, right? And mm -hmm. you can see things looking at x-rays of spines. If you know what you're looking at, you can see things that you can't see, even general orthopedic surgeons with, and, and interns and stuff looking at plain x-rays won't see of the long bones, the, the leg, for example. And that is, you can see adult rickets. When the bone, there's what they call osteoporosis in women. A lot of times it has a component of rickets, which means it's not just there's not enough bone, it's that the bone is not mineralizing well because you don't have enough vitamin D. This is what used to give bowed legs in little children, but we now subs we put vitamin D in milk, we, we give them children's vitamins that has a very tiny amount, 400 international units a day of vitamin D, but it's not enough to prevent this problem in adults because they really want to kill the adults. You know, when you're over 60, they don't want you lingering around and sucking off the Medicare rolls. So right. here it is in 1980, 
2009, when I was doing my board certification review course, one of the most world's experts in bone health says everybody should be taking, adults should be taking about 10,000 international units a day, at least 5,000, if not 10,000. He said, nobody's ever overdosed on 10,000 units. We should all be taking it because if we don't, you're going to be at risk of the adult rickets. And then I got out and practice years later and I saw, saw it all the time. I realized he was telling the truth. But during the, my entire lifetime, what did the, the, the famous Institute of Medicine in Washington, D.C., the government think tank on medicine, they've been saying 400 international units a day. Now, here's what you have to ask yourself. Are all the people that incompetent that sit on that board? Is there nobody that reads their own medical literature? No, that's not what it is. No. Somebody told them, keep the vitamin D low because... In 2020, we're going to bring out a disease. In 2019, we're going to bring out a disease. I can't prove this, by the way. I'm just saying this is the kind of thing I think happens in the small well, I mean, back rooms. Don't the the world the World Economic Forum, the Georgia guys, right, right. They've I mean, got they a come plan. Out and tell you exactly what they're doing, right? And they have a long-term plan. And part of though is unseen to us are these putting these little building blocks in place. Like don't tell don't tell doctors that they should really be recommending more vitamin D because there's going to come a time when we want to kill a bunch of people and we need to have their vitamin D low. You know, it's such an important thing for COVID, for example. The Indonesians, this was a, I kept kicking, when I first saw COVID coming out, still thinking it was a virus, still believing in all that junk, I kicked the teeth, you know, I wanted to kick my computer screen and say, why are you guys not giving vitamin C and vitamin D to these people? Well, finally, the Indonesians came out, not the Institute of Medicine, not the CDC, after billions of dollars sunk down these rat holes. It was the, it was the Indonesians. And they came out from this hospital. They looked at, uh, I think, about 800 people that were, and they showed that if your vitamin D level was above 30, which is not a high level, by the way, that is a very low level. I want mine above 80, or at least above 60. Um the, the, if your level is above 30, though, you don't end up in the ICU or dead. Only 4% of people in the ICU or dead had a vitamin D level above 30. Was, I think people struggle with the fact that this is all deliberate, and it is. When, see, that's it. You know, there's, <clears throat> there's a primary difference between conservatives and Republicans, or, or conservatives, well, there is a difference there, but <laughs> primary difference between constitutional conservatives and the left. And that is that they are they generally will come from an argument from a point of emotion, right? Where we tend to be more factual, and of course that's more boring, and nobody likes that. But that's the truth. They also so, have unfailing belief in the in the honesty of government. I mean, it's it's like the gay community. I want to just. I just when they were starting to take monkeypox shots, I said, "No, don't let them kill you again." What are you guys thinking? You know, right. it's, it, and, and because they just believe, have unfailing belief in the government. And, and that's the problem here. You know, I love my favorite quote is by uh, J. Edgar Hoover. He says, the individual's handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. Love it. This is J. Yeah, Edgar Hoover that. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's something in itself, isn't it? Um, so, so this one thing that really pisses me off. And that's when I still see Only people one? doubling. Uh, one of the things, yeah, is this this uh, CVS commercial. And maybe you've seen it. They come out and they say, "Oh, COVID is, is COVID is gone. It's still here. Make sure you get your shot, just oh, like yeah. you get your flu shot." I mean, this is point blank. These people, there's so much data out there right now that these people should be charged with murder. 
I mean, you know, and it just infuriates me that that uh, that thing plays, and more and more people are suckered into getting it, and they're going to end up paying for it. And and when you sit down and you try to explain to your family, just like what you were saying, you know, towards the beginning of our conversation, where you're saying, well, it's a combination of things, and there was there was the different doses or different uh, batches of vaccine, and there was different. There's also the in the I think the first time in history where they removed the the uh, purity standards, right? And it, so it's way down as far as what the uh, what the ingredients and the, the yeah it contamination that was allowable, right? Right. It wasn't the first <clears throat> time in history. I, the, the first time I was aware of it, but it's probably happened before, was the anthrax vaccine when I was on active duty. I mean, the anthrax vaccine was a bad deal, and it was given to the Gulf War guys. And um, it turned out that the Gulf War syndrome, although there were other factors like you know, that could make it worse. There was one batch of the anthrax vaccine that resulted in the Gulf War syndrome. In other words, unless you took that batch, then all these other factors You're didn't fine. matter. Yeah. So, and, and again, it was done by an emergency use authorization and, and everybody needs to keep in mind, anything done under emergency use authorization, remember those monoclonal antibodies they were pushing? Emergency mm -hmm. use authorization. All this stuff was that was emergency use. They don't have to tell you what's in it. The only thing they're required to tell you by law is what they're claiming efficacy for. So the only thing they had to tell us was that they claimed they were making the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 in the shot. That's what they claimed was efficacious. They had to tell us how what they did to do that. But the rest of the stuff, they can put any junk they want into, and they don't have to tell you. And keep in mind that in, every year, the, and I think this number's right, 50%, the flu vaccine, for example, every year changes. If they change it less than 50%, they don't right. have to redo stuff and they don't have to announce that. So I was always told that they take like three strains of the flu and they decide which one is the right. But that's which, but they, yeah. but again, the law doesn't care about that. What it said, what it right. allows you to do is replace 50% of whatever's in that vaccine with whatever you want to put in it and not have to re, re, redo your studies through the FDA. So, I mean, I just have to say, we've been scammed for so long. Vaccines are a scam that was made to damage us, made to take us down, you know. And the other, the other point is, you mentioned the, the Nazi doctors coming over here, the Nazi, Nazi scientists. Why mm -hmm. did they, why do you, if you look at Project Paperclip, what do you always right. see? You see the same picture. It's Werner von Braun. They've got him out of his SS uniform. He's getting a nice suit and he's standing in front yep. of all his engineers, his rocket engineers, because right. they want you to believe the whole point of Project Paperclip was those rocket engineers, NASA, going to the moon. No, no, no. The real point that they were told to go over and get were the chemists and specifically the vaccine chemists. So they don't want you to remember that we brought over po possibly Mengele, but we can't prove, I can't prove that, but that's what the story is that he, he survived World War II and came through the rat line of of the uh, project, they didn't come through Project Paperclip. He came through some other way. But the point is, we hear about the rat line, right? That it went through like right. Catholic, the Vatican, yeah, and there yeah. was another rat line through someplace in Spain or something. They had all these different ways of getting these big guys out. But the biggest Argentina. rat line of all was the Project Paperclip. Right. Scientists, That's right. we got, we just, we just, we we hung the red shirts at Nuremberg. Like the Nuremberg doctor trials, the scientists, those guys that got hung or put in jail, they were the red shirts for the most part. And, the, right. and we hired the real technocrats, the real guys that knew what was going on. Right. And the, the Nuremberg trials, I mean, that was such a small percentage of the people that 
really should have been brought to justice and they never right. were. And, um, but people, you know, people, but in this country, people need to be aware. You guys out there pushing these vaccines on people. You know what really happened in small town Germany? They took their justice into their own hands. They knew who they knew who were killing people. They knew yeah, they well, knew what had the score was. I keep saying that as far as the globalist agenda goes, I mean the the elite, the elite of the elite. How many how many of these high powered people are there that really are pushing the globalist agenda? It can't be that many. No, I like, I, call, I mean no. I think the committee of three hundred probably sums it up. Yeah, and those people if they're if they're I'm not condoning violence, but if it ever came to that, if those people were taken out, I mean, they, they would lose. They would, it would fall apart. And they're pushing us, I believe they're pushing us towards violence because then they can justify. Yeah, they can really justify unleashing. anything. So, but, but, you know, it's like, here's the point. What, if you heard from your, if you heard through the grapevine that uh, they were killing people in your local grade school. They were taken out. They were just taking fifth graders out and killing them in the back. What would you do? I mean, you wouldn't write right. your congressman. You wouldn't, you know, call your senator. You wouldn't, you know, uh, start running a podcast. You would actually go down to in, investigate it. And if it were true, you'd go to the sheriff and say, we need to stop this. You'd do, you'd do right something on. physically to stop it. And unfortunately, yeah. we're in a, they've very cleverly done this where nobody feels compelled to do this. And there's a book about what happened in Nazi Germany that has exactly the same point. It's um, it was written. There was a Jewish author from New York City that went over after the war to Germany, and he he wanted to know how did these people become Nazis? How did they? He took ten guys who had joined the Nazi Party, and he asked them, "Why did you become a Nazi? Knowing what you do now, why did you become?" He said there was only one, maybe two. I think it was one out of the the ten he felt was a committed Nazi that had that that believed in the principles, but. Um, there, he, one of them was a, high, a, a professor of high German at Heidelberg or someplace. And this and what he said was exactly that. He said, you know, I germed because it kept my I, to keep my job. What do we hear today? Got to do yeah, right. people want they don't want to speak out against this because they want to keep their jobs in the hospitals, in the NIH and stuff. And he said, the other thing is, this is like being in a cornfield and the corn grows so slowly that you don't realize it's growing until right. one day it's over your head. Right, and I right. and I really think that's what they very cleverly have recreated that in a massive way around the world. They have, and I I just want to point out I want I have something else to say, but I wanted to point out that your cartoon of Homer Simpson that's me. <laughs> oh my God, night. that's me too. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I I went to sleep at five this morning because <laughs> I couldn't sleep, and then I got up at seven. So it's it's like that is me. That's me when I saw that. <laughs> That's funny. I saw I put it up for me too. I mean, maybe we should tell people what it is, but it's it's a picture of Homer Homer Simpson lying on his side, reading his cell phone, you know, facing away from his wife so it doesn't wake his wife up, and uh, and then and then what it and then what it's showing. Oh wait, I just lost it. What, what, it says just, me me up at two a.m. scrolling social media, unable to sleep due to the stress of living in a collapsing yeah, empire. Yeah, the stress of living in a collapsing. <laughs> Collapsing empire. I just think that's priceless. <laughs> it is so. It is so true. You know, the problem is that they come at us from all different directions, yes. and you know they're destroying our culture, and that's all, all intentional as well, and destroyed the family. I mean, that was a long-term plan. All this. Right. It is people, all, and it's all connected. So think about yes, this. It is. What percentage? We don't know, but what percentage of Americans 
are going to be sterilized by this vaccine. We don't know, but we know it's happening. And, and, the, and, and infant death and sterilization are the biggest way to decrease your birth rate. And I mean, your demographics sure. is to change yeah. your demographics. Your, unless, unless a couple has 2.2 children on average, you can't even maintain, let alone grow your population, right? So before this all happened, ours was 1.6. You know, the Japanese are in trouble because theirs was 1.2, I think. They're way down there. But but the, at 1.6 with a few immigrants coming in legally, we were kind of maintaining our own. But mm-hmm. now but now it's the 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 Native Americans, and I talk about Native Americans, not not the Cherokee. Kawa, but the but at this point I'm talking about all of us that lived in America legally before this thing started. We were vaccinated. A group, a known percentage. I've heard up to 70% took the vaccine. Now let's suppose that it kills the old people eventually, and it takes down mm-hmm. the the fertility of the young. What's happening at the southern border? We're bringing right. across a replacement yep. population of people that are not vaccinated. Yeah, a bunch of men. Yeah, I a bunch of unvaccinated, of unvaccinated men to make up for our vaccinated men. I got to bounce already. It's already been an hour or 45 minutes. That goes so fast. I'd love to have you back anytime. Sure. And, I love it. And uh, I'd love to have you take a look at that of my documentary if you have the time. I, I would like to. Feet. Yes, I didn't know about that, but I will do that. Yeah, I'd love for you to do that and give me your feedback. Is there You want to tell people where they can find you again and uh, oh, sure. any other last thoughts you have? Well, yeah, I have themedicalrebel.com, um, and it's, like you said, I have suggestions what to do if you took the vaccine, uh, just my my five points on health. Once you realize that there's no virus, then you got to say, well, how do I not get sick? And I can tell you, do this, 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 this. I can't promise you 100%, but I'm going to tell you it works for me. I don't get sick traveling anymore, and I'm 71. So um, the other thing is uh, I'm on Telegram at Freedom Doc One where I put more of the I, – I, I go into the woo world, as Cliff High would say there. I, I, I have a lot of fun on Telegram, so join me there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much thank again. You. You're very gracious. Uh, I want everybody to know you're you're one of the folks that um, you know I always enjoy having on, and you are also one of the folks that's really easy to approach and talk to. There are some people that are supposedly you know in our camp that um, – just are not as gracious, unfortunately. So thank you so much for that. Well, I, really I appreciate, do appreciate it. that. Thank you. All right. Well, God bless you. And that's it for today, folks. We will see you very shortly. Uh, tomorrow will come around real quick. And I'm um, looking forward to that.